Hey, hey, habit thrivers. If you're ready to rock your next chapter, this is your place. It's time to live your most fit, fearless, and fabulous life. I believe that our daily habits and routines set the foundation for achieving our dream lives and help us find more passion and clarity with less doubt and uncertainty. So let's get cozy. Grab your planner and your favorite beverage and come along with me on this journey of reclaiming your passions and finding new ones along the way. Hey there, Habit Thrivers. Welcome to episode number 22 of your Habit Thrive podcast. In today's episode, we are going to wrap up the theme of sleep. We're going to wrap it up in a great big comfy duvet and move forward into the month of December. Now, before we do that, though, I did want to mention all of the podcast episodes go together so that even as we move out of the month of November, we're not going to leave sleep. Sleep will be thread through I would say almost every episode in some way as we talk about our health and our happiness and our habits and our routines. So if you haven't had a chance to go back to the episodes in the month of November, you will see how they all lead to this this fourth episode. But you'll also notice if you go back further that the theme of meditation, the theme of planning happiness and gratitude, all can help you have a better night's sleep. And they all enhance each other and they all work together. So on that note, before we dive into this week's episode, I would like to share some kind of key takeaways, I would say, from the first three episodes. Number one, think about surrendering to sleep, letting go to sleep. Think about sleep as a spiritual experience. And I mentioned that in the first episode in November, that from an Ayurvedic perspective, sleep is very spiritual. Now that being said, I also don't want you perhaps to feel pressure or Um, have high, maybe too high expectations around the experience of sleep and the rituals or routines leading up to sleep. Because sometimes even doing that will stress us out (laughs) in terms of our sleep. So it is really important to know yourself and know the words, the phrases that help you let go. So if thinking about sleep as letting go, surrendering, having um, some key routines and rituals around it is helpful, then go for it. It is again a, um, an opportunity, I'm going to say every single month as we explore different themes to perhaps be open and be curious about playing with some of the things that you might have read about before. You might have seen in a magazine or on television on a newscast about sleep and you're thinking, oh, I should really try that. Well, this is your opportunity. So the other thing to think about as you are surrendering to sleep 
and creating your rituals and routines around sleep is to also be open to the fact that you might be feeling some resistance to this. There are uh, sometimes, even from our, from our early days, from our childhood, experiences of just fighting sleep and negotiating not to go to sleep and not wanting to go to sleep for fear of missing out. And also in our adult years right now, and I'm going to say like retirement, even postmenopause and even, well, busy, busy, busy days uh, and lives that when sleep is a struggle, really, we don't look forward to it. We actually put it off. We put it off as long as we can. And so the idea of a routine or a ritual to do something that um, you don't actually really enjoy, that it is a struggle, seems doesn't seem like it's going to work. So I would call that out right away and just notice. If it um, has been a struggle, I mean, even to the point that you may call yourself a bad sleeper. I've always been a bad sleeper. And I hear that often. And that really is an identity that we are attaching to our experience with sleep. When in fact, I'd like you to think about or play with some different wording around it. I've had some challenges with sleep. I've had some good phases of my life with sleep and not so good phases. Because here's the thing, not very often are we going to remember when things are flowing and working really well. That's just not the way our brain operates. Our brain likes to focus on the drama, the issues, the things that are not working because it is trying to protect us. And so this wording, this phrase that comes up that I'm not a good sleeper, it's not your identity. Sleep is an activity. I wouldn't even call it a behavior. I guess we could cross over there a little bit, but it is a technique. It is an activity. It is a thing that we do. And so if you notice yourself saying something that is not perhaps supporting yourself in the sleep experience, just, yeah, write it down, call it out and notice the days that you are having a better night's sleep or falling asleep a little bit easier or even if you started to do a routine before sleep that you have never done before. You just started to do this, like that is a win. Never mind the whole experience of falling asleep and staying asleep and getting up in the morning rested. That's a process. Absolutely enjoy that a small win of, I just started with a little bit of an evening routine a half an hour before I'm going to bed, you know, I'm settling down, I'm letting go of the day so that when I put my head on the pillow, my mind, um, there's less chance that it's going to go 100 miles um, an hour or a minute. <laughs> so that's number one. Sleep can be a surrendering and a spiritual experience and perhaps let's be open to it. The second point I'd like to make from, or the takeaway from the last few episodes is that as much as you can just playing as you're listening to these episodes with the idea of finding a rhythm and a flow to your day and again 80 20 rule is what i've mentioned a couple of times that sometimes the weekends are a little bit different and holidays are going to be different 
things are going to come in. We might be ill for a period of time or taking care of somebody else for a period of time and we are off of our routine. All we actually need to do is just to notice that and just give ourselves some grace and know that we'll come back to our routine when we're able to. And just notice what's happening with your sleep, just kind of note to self and moving forward from there. So your routine as you get up in the morning, can you notice when are you getting up as much as you can? Going to sleep around the same time. I'm gonna say a window of time at night, getting up at around the same time. If you can consider eating around the same time, around the light hitting your eyes outside for a period of time, uh, in the morning, if you are able to eat your larger meal somewhere between uh, 10 and 2, that is the Ayurvedic recommendation. And as you move through the afternoon, you might notice there's some downtime that you want in there or there's some outside time. So if you go outside, let's say at three o'clock in the afternoon or at noon, and you're noticing that on the days that you're getting outside, you are actually uh, more relaxed and able to sleep better if you're getting exercise, if you're walking outside, if you're doing your yoga, if you're doing um, your Zumba. Again, during the day, I'm not suggesting Zumba right before bed because if you're like me, I would be up until one in the morning. So more relaxed movement in, in the evening, but you're just noticing. You have a flow at least to your week, and even if you have a flow to the weekends, and that flow may not be the same as the week. Now I know that, let's say from a strict sleep hygiene perspective, and if you're working with a health practitioner on this, that keeping your routine fairly similar all the way through the weekends is important. So I just want to mention that as well, but also notice what works for you. And if being very strict with your routine actually causes a little bit more um, stress, then where is your 80-20? Where is your routine? Where is your rhythm? Okay, so that is the second takeaway from the last three episodes. So number three is to journal, to keep track. Even if it's for a week, ideally if it's for a month. Because our, uh, let's say our systems, everything in our body, our minds, mine anyways, is very much still related to the, uh, to the flow of the month. So even again, post-menopause, all of that stuff, we're still impacted by the moon cycles and, the, and light and everything that's going on. And for me, if I am going to get a good indication of what's going on with a new habit or routine, my choice is to journal for a month. So when you get up in the morning, you might have the journal beside your bed, just when did you get up? How do you feel? How many hours did you sleep? And then you just move through your day and just record everything that we just talked about, even if you end up recording 50% of it, right? You're still gonna have an indication of actually the next day when you wake up, you are looking at the day before because it is the last day's waking that is affecting that night's sleeping. 
So those are the three takeaways from the last three episodes. And as we move into this final episode, I have it actually chunked in two distinct kind of areas. One is when you are initially falling asleep. And the second is actually staying asleep and or when you are um, waking up (laughs) that one time perhaps it might be more than once but I'm going to again chunk it into falling asleep and staying asleep. Now I am going to also mention that from a sleep therapy from sleep doctor perspective that sleep onset insomnia is different than sleep maintenance insomnia And there are, of course, some strategies that can work in both situations, so I will be talking about that. Just imagine yourself, again, you've nestled in for a good night's sleep. You have perhaps your phone beside you, right? So if you know that you like to listen to a relaxation uh, before or as a way to fall asleep, I actually also just like to listen to somebody talk about sleep. So I love Insight Timer. I just search sleep on Insight Timer. Some of you use Calm or Breathe. So whatever you normally use, if it works, I'm going to say, oh my gosh, keep, um, keep using it for sure. So you may have that all teed up and ready to go. You may also have your journal again beside your bed and that helps as well for, I'm going to say, one of the number one reasons why we have a challenge surrendering to sleep is that when we finally settle in, and this is why you're doing your ritual beforehand is so that you get it, your thoughts actually get a chance to kind of um, be settled before you are laying down um, for a good night's sleep but very often we lay down and our mind is like let's go time to party let's figure out everything let's solve every problem in the world right now because I don't want to fall asleep so let's let's get to it so yes those are your thoughts Perhaps. Now, the other thing is that you might have been distracted by a pain in your knee or your shoulder or your hip for the entire day until you lay down. So, that is actually the importance of doing the evening routine or ritual is that opportunity whether or not you are you are using a heating pad or you are having a warm Epsom salts bath or you're doing some light yoga stretches that is your way to settle your body to deal with any tension so that the odds are you're going to feel better in your body as you're releasing to sleep Now the other part of releasing the mind or relaxing the mind, again, that might come from writing in your, you've got some thoughts coming up, you've got your journal or you have your notepad. I always suggest just if you lay down even for a couple of minutes and and something comes into your mind and you're wanting to chew on it, yes, certainly in those few first few minutes, write it down, get it off your off your mind. If you like to do a full brain dump or mind dump as part of your evening ritual or routine that happens as you're having, let's say your your bedtime tea, that's a great time as well. But here we are in bed, maybe listening to our relaxation 
meditation, might be listening to birds, or birds are keeping us up, so we know we want to listen to waves. Waves are good. So you do actually find the sound that you like to listen to before you go to sleep and whether you like to listen to somebody you like to listen to words and that takes some exploring so the benefit is that yes this distracts you from your thoughts which is again not a bad thing now from here if you don't like to have a device in the room all the time or it's just once in a while that you're having trouble falling asleep letting go to sleep then my first go-to is my breath and so what's wonderful about our breath is it's again accessible always there for us and just starting to pay attention notice your inhalations coming in nice and soft in through your nose exhaling and you can exhale through your mouth to start because in this way you are hearing and feeling your breath and it actually helps you settle and sink a little bit more down into the mattress so you can literally think like long exhale sinking and softening and releasing and letting go your inhalation is a soft filling, a soft massaging. Your exhalation is a settling, a sinking, a letting go. And so you can keep your attention on your breath and what, however, it helps you to keep your attention on your breath. So again, it could be the sound of your exhalation, but you can also count. And so let's say I'm bringing my attention to my breath and my mind is still wandering a little bit. It's trying to close the loops from the day. It's going over discussions I had. It's thinking about tomorrow. I'm just back to my breath. And I'll say that. Back to your breath, Lori. Inhale through your nose. Exhale long and slow through the mouth. And then as you count, again, it's another thing for your brain to do. So you can inhale and count one, two, three maybe. And as you exhale and you're counting, your exhalation will naturally lengthen. And as your exhalation lengthens, you are dropping into that parasympathetic rest and digest place. Okay, so inhaling softly, exhaling long and sinking, and you might even play with lengthening your exhalation to the point that it's twice as long as your inhalation. And I'll tell you, that gives your mind something to chew on. So you might be playing with, I'm going to inhale for three, and I'm going to work towards exhaling for six. And then I might inhale for four and exhale for eight. And by the time you've played with that, that counting, very often, at least for me, I'm asleep. So it's cool, that's great. Now, there is also, um, I will count all kinds of things. Yes, I am a sheep counter as well. I will count back from 100 
and after that. So I'm going to say after that. So I have these series of things of breathing exercises that I will go through, right? So I've done my exhalation and then I might have kind of drifted off a little bit and then I'm back. So then I'm counting back from a hundred. Okay, not by twos. No, I just need to count back by one from a hundred and down. And there is something about counting backwards that makes us feel like we are going down, down, down. And so again, it's a little bit of a brain hack to um, kind of convince ourselves or let our body know it's time to let go. It's time to sink down. So let's do this. And so you play with that. Now, if I get to this point and my mind is still busy, I have another little trick that I play with in terms of my thoughts. And this came from a, um, during my yoga certification, we had a Buddhist practitioner come in and he shared one of the the coolest things that actually I've ever heard around settling the hamster wheel of my thoughts. I use it often, definitely not just as I'm falling asleep, and I love it. And what it is, is that as human beings, our brains love to tell stories. They'll tell a story about anything. Our brain will make up a story about something that someone has said to us. It will go on and say that she said this because she thinks this about me and that this will happen now that she thinks this about me, then I, then this will happen to me down the, down the line and she'll tell that person and then, oh my gosh, well, you know. You know the, um, the monkey mind, the squirrel mind, the hamster wheel. All he said was, just close the book, okay? Close the story, stop the story, however you want to just finish the story, play with it. So I literally picture, I see the words out on the page and I just close the book. Yeah, just like you would close your journal, right? Beside your bed, you just close the book the story's done, it's time for sleep. And that can actually any time during the day, right? You're sitting there, you're driving, right? You're wherever you are and your mind goes into, he said, she said, I should have, I could have, why didn't I? Yeah, I'm going to close the book right now. <laughs> so that is something you can take definitely on the road with you but play with it as you are letting go to sleep. So at that point, very often I am asleep. Okay, now the question I often get is, when should I get up? Should I get up? And very often what I see around this is, we, for argument's sake, should be asleep within about 20 minutes. Some say 10, some say if it's 30 minutes, perhaps if you are struggling to let go to sleep, perhaps getting up, not putting a lot of lights on, right? If you are going to do something, don't put the TV on, don't, don't put the light from your iPad or your Kindle on, 
right? If you're going to read something light at that point or have a light snack, right? Let's say, and that's the preparation in your routine will perhaps lessen that chance that you're waking up or you're getting up because you're hungry or thirsty because that's all been dealt with in your earlier routine or ritual. But again, we just make note of that because this is all a process. But if you are reading, one of the suggestions is just a book light, something very, very light, right? And we're not putting all the lights on. And again, it depends if you are the only one in your room or if you are heading out. Now, that brings me to jumping ahead to what happens if you do fall asleep and then you are waking up again. Uh, let's say somewhere between 2 and 4 in the morning. This is where your journal is really, really helpful. Okay, and that is, so you're noticing, could it be, you know, the coffee that I had, that latte, right, with my friend at three o'clock? Could it be the glass of wine that I had at dinner? Could it be what I ate at dinner? So you're just, and no judgment. It's just noticing, noticing, especially if it's something that you're not always waking up at that at that time. Now, the other thing to just notice is that there are natural wake-up times. If you've ever seen the results of a sleep study, there's a lot of waking up that potentially can happen again if it is a, a sleep sleep apnea but we are going through four cycles of sleep and so there are times that perhaps we're awake and we don't even know it there are times that we are waking up and we are awake and we notice it so this is the second part i want to reiterate i'm doing this in two chunks this last episode so now we are in that area of you've fallen asleep but now perhaps you're waking up somewhere in that range. It's usually somewhere between two and four o'clock, but not always. But for argument's sake, we're there. And at that point, I'm gonna say this right now, don't try to think about why you're awake, okay? Even though I just said that, right, that you might be asleep, might be waking up because of something you ate or drank, it could be your thoughts can wake you up. Cortisol will do that, right? So. why or how you woke up, I want you to let that go, okay? Just let it go. Because if you do wake up at that moment, what you say to yourself is extremely important. And this is what I play with. It's okay, right? I'm awake, I'm still resting. I'm still resting my bones. My brain is still going through the consolidating, of everything it needs to consolidate from the day my body is filtering and everything is is being restored and rejuvenated i'm resting all is good so i'm just going to keep resting and if i just rest now till six in the morning that's fine i'm resting the other thing that i say is that i'm not doing brain surgery in the morning Now, if you are a brain surgeon, okay, don't say that. (laughs) But truly, I can do tomorrow tired, right? I can have a nap perhaps if I need to. I can go to bed earlier tomorrow night, right? I'm going to probably sleep really well tomorrow night. It's not a big deal. I'm just going to rest here. I'm going to bring my attention back to my breathing and I'm going to rest. And if it does get to the point that you think, okay, no, I need to get up. Same thing applies, right? Not a lot of light, nothing too, too much to, to stimulate eyes or, or brain or body, 
right? If it's a half a banana, let's say it was an issue of not having enough before, um, before bed, then that's fine. It is what it is. But those words of what you say to yourself, it's natural to be waking up between my phases of sleep, not a big deal, I'm resting anyways, okay, tomorrow will be fine. So that is what I'm going to suggest. Bring your attention back to all of the techniques again around your breathing. And if you want to listen, you've got your meditation beside you. If you have that from your device, then absolutely. Let another meditation help you surrender to sleep. It's all good. And so on that note, I'm going to let you go from this episode and if you're listening back and you want to go through those takeaways from the first three episodes and then play with letting go to sleep and if you wake up now you have some tools and techniques to yeah just chill with it so breathing settling in especially if you're actually listening to this as a way to fall asleep <laughs> And whatever word or phrase, and I'm going to suggest for today, just I'm okay. All is okay, or I'm okay, it's okay. I love that word actually, okay. So feel free to use that again if you're just falling off to sleep now, or you're moving into the rest of your day as well. Right, relaxed and centered. Inhale through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. And I'm okay. If you love this episode, I guarantee you're going to love exploring all the amazing opportunities that await us in reclaiming our awesomeness together. So come on over to my Facebook group, Women's Wellness Community for Women Wanting to Rock Their Me Now Years. Or let's connect over on Instagram at HabitGuru365 and make the Habit Guru podcast your healthy new habit.